Welcome to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. As a golfer, now more than ever, you have access to all sorts of swing advice and swing tips, and that can often be confusing and conflicting. This podcast is going to help you cut through all the clutter. You'll understand what really happens in the golf swing based on what we've learned from measuring the very best golfers in the world, but most importantly, how that information can help your swing. And we're going to try to do it all in 15 minutes or less. This episode is brought to you by AMG Plus, the best way to train your swing online. AMG Plus includes our four key training systems, the swing system, the speed system, the short game system, and the soon to be released putting system. You also get access to our private forum where Sean and I, along with our other AMG certified instructors, review your swings and check your progress as you move through the checkpoints. To learn more about it, just visit athleticmotiongolf.com forward slash the letters AMG dash PLUS to get started today. John, we're coming up on the end of another golf season and I know daylight savings is here. Is it daylight savings in the fall? What is that called? Is it called daylight savings in the fall? Where fall, you lose an fall hour? Fall back. <laughs> That's what happens with the time. Is it still called daylight savings? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just know we get another hour of sleep. Uh, that's weirdly. I don't actually know. I don't really know. know. <laughs> Believe it or not, we both do have degrees. Yeah, college degrees. <laughs> just yeah. real ones. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> Instead of high school degrees, yeah. I have my elementary school degree as well. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, means whatever it's called, right? There's less daylight now to go play golf after work. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it comes down to. And a lot of you are really starting to batten down the hatches because the weather's turning and you know, the season's pretty much over except for those odd nice days here and there. So let's talk about some of the, we like to do this at the end of the season. Let's talk about some of the trends that we saw in lessons this year, both online and in person that are getting golfers in trouble or giving golfers fits with their golf swing. And then the counterpoint of what they would want to start doing this off season into next season to combat those things. All right, we'll just get jump right in. Jump right in. Number, Top three. Number one is probably um, golfers coming in trying to make a maximum hip turn, like basically as far as they could possibly they can crank their hips with no with no thought to the position of as far as the tilt um, or where they are in space. Le left no, there's, to right. there's no thought. It's just other let than, me turn these babies as much as I can. Yeah. That's got to be good, right? Like the old. Um, <laughs> What were the old, like, um, I know the old Evil Knievel motorcycle. Are you old enough to remember those? You pulled them back. The action figure. Yeah. You pull them yeah. back, and the cars that you kind of pull back yeah. and let them go, you they would go back fast. Farther. The farther you pull them back, the faster they go. That's not how the golf swing works, by the way. No. No. So that that's probably, we call that number one, in no particular order, but that's, that's one of the three that I would say. And, you know, the problem with that, the golfers start turning the hips really level. Right? Well, they have to. Yeah, really. A lot of times they slide them toward the target, so we call it like a reverse hip slide. Well, you call it, you have the best term for this, it's called an ankle pivot. Yep, it's turning around your ankles. Right, instead of really revolving, and, and it's such a bad description. You say turn to 10 different people, and you may get 10 different definitions of that. Just turning your body, right? We use, we'll use, the, we'll stand up and level out, we'll use the ankles, we'll lift feet, we'll do everything we can to turn more. To turn more. Thinking, and this is another pet peeve of mine, stretch, shorten, cycle. Everything in the golf swing uses the stretch, shorten, cycle as a <laughs> as a justification yeah. for doing that. Like yeah. this creates some sort of magical stretch, shorten, cycle that like pulling that evil Knievel back 
it's just going to spring you into the downswing and gain all these distance. We see golfers in their 60s, in their 70s, who are turning 25 to 30 degrees more than the best players in the world. Yeah, that, that can't be right. I always say that. You think you should have more hip turns than McElroy? You know, like just based on your physical Somebody who body? gets physio work every day, somebody who sees chiropractors every day, has personal trainers every day, doesn't sit behind a desk every day. Those are the most flexible humans, right? They're working on that flexibility every day. They don't turn that much. Yeah. Now, if it benefited them, they would, but there's no benefit to it. Exactly right. It puts you in such a poor position when you overturn, slide your hips toward the target, turn them really flat. It, it, it gives you no advantage, especially with the ground. You know, we've got the force plates. Right. We, we, we call it barber pulling the, yeah. the force plate. There's really no action going on the way it should be with the arrows moving, that, what we would see in a high-level player. And um, the other part of it is those are the same players that are trying to get 45 degrees open at impact not realizing that if they're 65 degrees closed on the backswing, they would have to have faster hips than Roy McIlroy to get anywhere close close to that 45 open. So let's say you've got 90 total, 45 backswing, 45 impact. Well, if you go 65, the best, very best you're going to do is in the low 20s, mid-20s. Oh, my gosh. If, if you get that far. Exactly. Because, again, they got, got a club face involved in this whole equation. That's true. And that's the... There's a lot of things in golf that make sense on paper, right? That when you start to actually measure them and you, you picked a great one there, the force plates. Okay, we don't see these forces generated that will produce speed in this scenario. Yep. Just don't see it. Because you're missing the, the critical part with the tilting too. It just it, You put yourself behind the eight ball. You're having to overuse everything else to get any kind of club head speed. And um, we don't recommend turning maximally, which we see a lot of people talking about online that it's a good thing. Trust us, it's not. You don't really want to do anything in the golf swing for most people at max. Nope. Right? You're not going to play well swinging your max speed, right? You're not going to play well turning your max distance. You, you, you need slack in the system to be able to sync everything up because mm -hmm. if you do manage to max turn, it is going to be like a slingshot with the arms going out. 100%. At the golf ball. It's going to carry swing. too much with your body. And that's going to force you to either hit really poor shots or stop all that rotation that you're trying to get coming down just to hit the ball in play. And again, it's it's a lot of effort for no gain. Yeah. So the, the, the fix for that is learning how to turn the hips properly, which, which in effect means you have to have a little shift away from the target. And then learn how to move the knees correctly. Left knee is going to, the lead knee is going to bend. And learn that the hip turn is more about turning your belt buckle kind of into your, your right leg or your trail leg. More of internally rotating into that hip instead of spinning the entire pelvis around really flat. Um, I know there's a little bit, a lot to, to unpack there, but we've got plenty of videos on that. But that's the, the, the premise of how you use the, the lower body the right way. What we've helped a lot of those golfers with that, that tend to overdo it, right, flatten the hips, destroy their ground forces, is to have them not think about turning the hips at all. Now, let me qualify that by saying we're not having them restrict the hips. Don't restrict your hips. Turn your shoulders. Turn your upper body. Your lower body will respond to that, and you'll be able to maintain and create good tilts 
And like you said, the knees will work much better. And you'll get to that 40, 45, 50 range by not trying to turn your hips. There's a sequence there in the takeaway that needs to take place. A lot of golfers who are trying to maximize this hip turn will get the hips moving way too fast right out of the gate. Turning them too, too much. Turning them, and, mm -hmm. and we've seen amateurs do it ahead of their shoulder, like have more hip turn than shoulder turn. That's not good because the shoulders have got to go twice as much, so you're ruining your sequence into and out of the top of the swing by that. If you think about just turning the shoulders correctly, and, that, and we say that all the time, the shoulders turn, the hips tilt. You will wind up with your best amount of hip turn. You don't know what it is anyway unless you have 3D. So there's no point in trying to think, okay, I'm going to go from 65 to 60 or 65 to 55. You're not going to know by trying to turn the hips. Let them tilt. That's the important part with the hip turn, right? The lower body. The tilts are finally important because that affects everything above it. Turn the shoulders. You'll have the right ratio. You'll be in good shape when you start to transition. It increases the ground force production, more club and speed, right. less effort. You, you get all those benefits. So that's probably good for, for number one. That's number one. We hit that pretty hard. All right. Number two. So number two is um, this idea that your shoulders turn on a steep angle. Like, for instance, your shoulder plane, if you put a club across your shoulders horizontally and held it up there, trying to get your left shoulder to the point somewhere near down by the golf ball. This is one of those trends that we've seen come full circle, almost at 360 degrees. It's all the way back again. <laughs> we're really showing our degrees off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It used to be golfers turn too flat, right? It too flat of a shoulder turn, right? Right, and there's still some golfers who do that, but by and large, we see way too many golfers, literally, like side crunching in the backswing to the point where, and we've asked them, right? So, are, what are you trying to do with your shoulders in the backswing? What, you trying to get them tilted? Where's the plane of the shoulders? They're almost invariably when we see that issue in the golf swing, they're trying to point their shoulders to the golf ball or just past the golf ball. And it's literally something you don't see good players do. When we show them, like the captures, one of the captures we have, we have McElroy in there in the 3D system, and we show him, show people that where those shoulders point, we can put a line, virtual line through the shoulders. It's so far outside the golf ball, they almost don't believe that it's real. Right. They're like, how do I hit the ball like that? Well, your arms provide the up and down. You don't want to use a, a, a left tilt or, or lowering the left shoulder bunch to heave the arms up. It's just not the best way to do it. Again, and the best players in the world don't do it. That side tilt is a frame of reference. It's not something you side tilt and then turn and do. Okay. So if you can imagine, you know, standing vertically and just rotating around your shoulders, 90 degrees, your spine, everybody gets that. There's no side tilt involved in that, right? It's just keeping your spine vertical, vertical talking posture. Lean that over a little bit in like a golf posture and still make that same body movement where you're turning around 90 to that spine angle. Without trying to, you've created what's labeled side tilt without literally side tilting your body. Uh -huh. You don't right tilt your body. You don't side tilt your body. You just rotate around that spine angle. That's what all these 3D machines measure as side tilt once you get to a certain point in the golf swing, right? When that rotation happens. It's just being way, way, way overdone to the point where they're trying to add in side tilt. Yeah, and we said this in number one. Turn your shoulders, let the hips do the tilting. Right. That's a good concept. That way you don't try to bend your shoulders down toward the ground a whole bunch. And it not only is it way easier on your body, 
it automatically helps you make a more shallow motion, especially if you've been an over-the-top steep guy. You Go. hit the yeah, nail man. on the head right there. Everyone who's done that, and then we get them to point their shoulders in the right direction, say, man, this is so much easier to do. Yeah, it's way easier. It's tough to crank your body to the side. You know, think of if you're a right-handed golfer, you're making a left-handed, you know, kind of rib crunch, and then rotate with any sort of ability at all. You'll start to compensate for the arms, and then as soon as you start unwinding in the downswing, say 90% of the time, that club comes out steep. I think the best way to think about this, like like Mike was just saying, instead of thinking about all that, just stand up tall, rotate your shoulders 90 degrees to your spine. Mm-hmm. From like a standing posture, yeah, talking standing posture. posture. Bend over like you're going to hit a golf ball, do the same thing, and that's where your shoulders will end up. Right. You don't have to worry about left tilt, right tilt, anything. Just make that movement. Let your knees change a little. Left knee, you know, lead knee bends. Just just turn your shoulders 90 degrees to your spine. Where the body ends up with that, that's where it needs to be. For reference, right, if you want to put a, a metric to it, the top of the swing, if you draw a line straight through your shoulders, the shortest distance we've seen or the closest distance we've seen those shoulders point is four feet beyond the golf ball. Outside the ball. That's from the tallest player that we have in our database. From most golfers, I think he's 6'4". From most golfers, it's out in the 6 to 7 to 8. We've seen as much as 9 feet beyond the golf ball. That's a long ways away. 9 feet's almost a basketball goal away from Ray from pointing your shoulders at the ball. So stop doing that. Don't do that. <laughs> It'll be way easier on your body. It's so much easier, especially, you know, if you've been having back problems, it's a... That's a hard oh, thing brutal. to do. Brutal. All right, we got through that one. You want to do? We'll do the last one here. Last one. Um, so, front, let's say you made, you made a good backswing. You figured out how to make a decent backswing, okay. and we say it a lot. You know, the backswing is so important because it allows you to make a good downswing, pretty reactionary. Unless <laughs> you can you can screw this up with a few different ways, a lot of ways to screw it up, really. But one of the ones that we see the most is trying to take the trail elbow and shoulder and. Or drive the trail elbow forward towards the ball in front of the torso, like super external with the trail shoulder. Uh, trying to do that on the downswing, it's a complete disaster. Yeah, we 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 see guys do this all the time when they're rehearsing what they what they're showing us what they've been working on or, or trying to do in the downswing. Um, and they often describe it as I'm just trying to get my elbow in front of my hip. Right, that's kind of the most common deal. Throughout our entire database, over 400 PGA Tour wins, a bunch of number ones in the world, you know, almost 30 major champions, like like just a pretty stellar group of golfers that we'd all be happy to have any of them on our scramble team. A lot of players in that database, no one has done that. Not three have done it. No one has done it. Doesn't, doesn't happen in the wild. Doesn't happen in the wild. And you can see it on video that it doesn't happen. You don't need 3D to see this. I'm not sure where the origin of this is from. We really haven't got a good a good answer for that. But it doesn't matter. They I have a guess. Well. Might we can, not be yeah, right. Might not be right, but it doesn't matter. No, I think the skipping the rock thing, like really exaggerating that. But that's been around a long yeah. time. And it gives you the idea of the motion, but that's not what happens when the golf club's in your hand. Exactly right. Try to try to try to throw a club like that, or try to actually. I was doing this the other day. Actually, I did in a golf posture. I put my left hand on my right wrist, 
right? So kind of golf grip-ish like. You held, you gripped the golf, okay, okay. I, I gripped my right wrist with my left hand. Got so, it. So both hands are involved. And I tried to skip a rock, or I tried to, try to skip a ball, the same motion in the warehouse into the net. Can't do it. I felt like I had 12 arms. Yeah, that's interesting. It was the most awkward movement at all. That's interesting. So you can do a lot of things, and and, and again, it goes to frame of reference, and, and you know, kind of equate this to that with one arm, right? So you, you've got this massive range of motion when you're just skipping a stone. And you can really bring that arm down and around. And then as soon as you put that other hand involved, it is not the same motion. That's it's a great point. The motion is more akin to throwing that ball or that stone three feet in front of you on the target line. Yeah. That's where it should not be moving to, it at not skipping it 40 yards out across the lake. Got it. That makes that makes complete sense. And that's what we see. The arms just kind of lower. Yep. The, the arm, where is it at the top, just kind of lowers. There's not a lot of, there's no, really no look of driving that arm way in front of the body. And it's an opener. In fact, it the arm gets farther away from that trail hip, exactly. like behind. I mean, behind the trail hip, as in away from it, behind it coming into impact. Yeah, the arms are lower and the hips are opening. Right. So I said this a second ago. I don't know if I said it right. When you drive that elbow, you're causing a couple problems, big problems. First of all, it, it opens the club face. If you take your elbow, hold the club in your right hand, drive your elbow in front of your torso. Flops the face. It flops the face open. Not only that, nine times out of ten, it increases the right elbow bend in the first part of the downswing, and we do not see that either with good players. So there's three things in play there. You touched on two of them there. One, no one in the database externally rotates the arm coming down. It's all internal. So that's something you listening to this have in common with great players. Everyone internally rotates the arm coming down. Okay. The difference is great players lower the arm. At a poor, faster rate. At a faster rate. Poor mm -hmm. pairs keep the arm up and internally rotate. That's yep. the killer. That's the steep move, the arm wrestling move that nobody wants in their golf swing. Mm -hmm. It's not an internal, external thing. Everyone internally rotates. Okay. You got to lower the arm at a faster rate. The other thing you touched on is the elbow going in front. And mm -hmm. that's why a lot of golfers will try to externally rotate to get the elbow in front. Again, no great player that we've ever seen does that. And when I say the elbow stays behind the hip, you have to, again, it goes back to frame of reference. You've got each hip. You know, we have gears. We have markers on each side of the hips. If you put an envelope around that and put a box around that, that that's always turning in the golf swing, right? Hips are closing in the backswing, opening in the downswing. The elbow always stays behind and out of that box. Hmm. It never works into that box, okay? And then the last thing that you mentioned is key. And I forgot what it was. The, the bending. It, it, <laughs> the bending. When you drive it, it's like a, a, a coupled motion. When you drive the elbow, a lot of people will do like a bicep curl. It's a bicep curl, right? It it really, and we see golfers, we. We had a lesson recently where the golfer did that. He just, he thought it was a cast to do anything but sh but keep that right arm bent. And he was a right-handed golfer. Lagging the elbow. It's elbow lag. Again, doesn't exist in, in great swings. So those three concepts will keep you from a good downswing. Any one of those will keep you from a good downswing. A lot of golfers are doing all three of them. And it is definitely a trend in the golf swing. There's a high percentage of golfers doing all three of these and trying to do them. And it's, it's, it's sad in a way because, I mean, we've all spent time on our swings and we don't want to see you guys go down these rabbit holes because I've gone down plenty of them and spent hours and hours doing the wrong thing. The problem with a lot of these, some of them, 
very difficult to come back from. There's one in particular, and it involves this elbow bend deal. I would say if you spent a year doing it, no coming back. Because we've seen golfers through COVID and the lockdown play a lot of golf and spend a lot of time doing this. You're looking at five years of undoing it. If you start today, you're looking at getting rid of that in five years. Yeah. To, to get rid of it where, okay, you might be able to do it in a practice swing, maybe into a net with a foam ball, whatever. Getting out on the course, when the gun goes off and the flag's up, you got to shoot a score. Getting rid of it in that situation where it becomes natural again for you to swing the new way, five years. And a lot of golfers have told us they just flat out quit. They're done. Because I can't, like, I, I don't have the time. I don't, I can't devote the same time of getting rid of this as I did when it was locked down of getting it. That's it. So that I don't want to spend the next 10 years of, like, I'm, I can't, I'm tired of topping balls and, and shanking balls because of this move. And we'll do another episode. There's one, I know what you're talking about. It's just, it's, um, it's brutal to come back from. So be careful what you watch on the internet. Be careful what you work on. Go see someone that actually measures swings, not mm -hmm. just kind of eyeballing everything and telling you what they think happens. You don't have to come to us. We'd love to have you come to us, but go to someone that's measuring swings that can really help you, show you what really good players do, and give you a simple way to add that to your swing instead of this stuff that just doesn't exist with good players. Yeah, and if you can't find somebody like that, drop us a note, make a comment, let us know what you're struggling with in your swing, what you'd like to see. Um, you know, if you're doing things the right way, or if you have the right concept, because if you start with the right concept, that's what allows you to create the right tactics. A lot of golfers will just start with a drill thinking that'll create the proper concepts. And it's, it's the backwards way of doing it. Know what you should be doing. And then you can learn the proper tactics to get you specifically into that spot. It's all concepts. The more we do this, the more our golf lessons are, nope, don't do that. You shouldn't be thinking about that. Nope, wrong concept. It's just fixing these concepts because you have to get it right in your brain before you can tell your body to do it. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to being good Good swings are just easier to do. And it's tough to convince players that, you know, you and I are grinders. If, if we're told to do something 100 times, we'll both do it 1,000 times. I've overdone every lesson I ever had. Because if 100 is good, man, 1,000 has got to be real good, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll grind. And if we're working on the wrong things, then all of a sudden those things are ingrained. And there's a lot of you out there who are practicers. A lot of you out there take pride in your game and want to get better and putting in the work to get better. You guys and gals specifically are the ones that it's really, really important to have the right concept. Because if you're going to spend the time working on your swing, you're going to ingrain something. Remember, the undoing is the hardest part. Undoing always takes longer than the doing. And it's hard to convince golfers that sometimes it's doing less that actually gets you better, not doing more. So there's not a magic pill. There's not a magic bullet. But make sure you got the right concepts because if you don't, you're going to be spending three to five times as long undoing something that you did learning it. Be careful. Uh, careful, careful what you wish do. for. <laughs> careful what you wish for. You might get it. That's right. Are we good here? We're good. So if you guys are enjoying these, please um, go on iTunes, leave us a comment, give us five stars. We're trying to help as many golfers as we can, and you can help us do that. <laughs>